The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. Hi, I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Happy to have you with us again, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going to learn a bit about road tripping and keeping a journal to keep those travel memories fresh, keep them alive. Kind of reminds me of John Steinbeck and Travels with Charlie, but however you do it, if you're journaling, you are going to remember more and vividly. And we'll be back with our special guest, Julia Brown, there who is a road tripper extraordinaire, right after this. Friends, the holiday gift-giving season is no longer right around the corner. It's here. Time to fuel the open road dreams of special people in your life with a subscription to American Road Magazine. With exciting features, quality writing, and beautiful photography in every issue, American Road makes a perfect gift for road-tripping moms and dads, gallivanting grandparents, adventurous aunts and uncles. Maybe that special friend will enjoy it, too. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com. That's AmericanRoadMagazine.com. Click subscribe. And for a limited time, you can enter the code KKNW to receive 25% off your subscription. Welcome back to Trip Talk. And today we are going to talk to Julia Brown. This is a lady who lives in San Diego. She has a wonderful PR business going pleasantly persistent PR, a firm dedicated to supporting nonfiction authors. When she's not doing that, she and her husband like to hit the road. Julia Brown hasn't always been a prolific traveler. It wasn't until adulthood when she quit the corporate grind in 2015 that she was able to take time to bask in our country's beauty. Road tripping has been the most convenient and affordable way to travel for Julia and her husband. Their first epic road trip covered 38 states and three Canadian provinces, gone for 60 days, driving over 15,500 miles in a converted minivan. Then in 2016, they hit the road again, taking a more southeasterly route. They were driving through Texas on the way to Julia's favorite state of Florida. In 2017, Julia and husband spent a few weeks driving in the ranch country of New Mexico and southern Colorado, following a map of our country's thermal hot springs. In the summer of 2018, she soaked in the hot pools all across the Pacific Northwest, British Columbia, and Colorado. In the summer of 2019, she and her husband planned to take a break from traveling and spend some time being a tourist in their own hometown of San Diego. And Julia is a very, very pleasantly persistent lady when she's in the office or on the road and now on American Roads Trip Talk. Julia, welcome. Thanks for having me, Gary. Excited to be here. I am so delighted that we have a chance to talk. You do what I love to do, that's take to the open road, only I think that you've racked up more miles. My goodness, driving over 15,500 miles, 60 days, and covering 38 states and three Canadian provinces. The first thing when I read that, Julie, is I thought, you can go across three Canadian provinces and it feels like 38 states. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep, that's right. That trip was absolutely amazing. And it one that I, you know, frequently tell my friends and family about, new people I meet. It's just, you know, an amazing opportunity that my husband and I had to be able to do that. You know, I actually had to quit my job <laughs> in 2015 in order to be able to have that much time off to travel. 
you know, I wouldn't mind going there for a few moments, Julia. You quit your job and you had the opportunity to travel. This sounds like a decision that you made jointly with your husband and figured, hey, we're, we're still young, we're capable, we can do this. Yep, that's exactly right. So, you know, my, my husband is a high school teacher, so he has the luxury of always having the summers off. And I was just in a position in my career with uh, the job I was currently working at was just no longer the a right fit for me. And so I, you know, you know, put in my, you know, month, you know, resignation, and we, uh, my husband and I at home, uh, bought a map um, of the entire, um, you know, country of all the 50 states and Canada, and seriously took a highlighter and just map out the route that we wanted to take. So it was very kind of craft root, <laughs> and we just kind of just took off knowing the, you know, the destinations that we wanted to hit. Um, you know, we, one of our first destinations was Yellowstone. Never, neither of us had ever been to Yellowstone. We really wanted to see Yellowstone Park, um, National Park, but then also, um, you know, the, the sites along the way, because we were driving from San Diego. I know I wanted to go to uh, Niagara Falls. I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. And then, you know, we drove all the way down the eastern seaboard, all the way to the Keys, the Florida Keys, which was just beautiful. That's why Florida is now my favorite state. I mean, other than California, of course. Yes. Um, and then, you know, made it back, made it back to San Diego. So it was amazing. Dream come true. Well we're talking now as this is being broadcast it is december christmas time of 2019 but in the summertime you decided to take a break did you get much traveling done elsewhere or did you just decide to to set the work down and go see the sites of san diego where you very happily reside this past summer yes yes um we did not plan anything in advance and so uh san diego i mean san diego's a beautiful, sunny destination in and of itself. And it's nice to, you know, still, you know, taking the time off of work and having the opportunity to visit all the, you know, the touristy things to do in San Diego and all the beaches and, you know, go to SeaWorld and go to the zoo and, and, and things of that nature. So that, so that was nice. It was kind of a, a break to save us a little money <laughs> as well. Yes, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I spent a summer, summer of 81, so we're talking about some years ago, in San Diego, went to summer school there, and I still remember going to the San Diego Zoo and how mesmerized I was by that, and going to Old Town, the Whaley House, etc. Just so many yep. places in San Diego with entertainment of all kinds. And of course, Coronado, cross the bridge, go oh. over to Coronado, where you have a fantastic beach. I remember a picnic very, very lovely place to have a beach picnic, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But here you are, gallivanting around the country, you and your hubby, and at one point you decided you were going to see Texas. Now this is, I envy you, because I have not had the opportunity, but you got on the road and you focused on San Antonio and Austin. And while you're doing this, Julia, to bring up the, the main reason why I asked you to join us today in particular, was to advocate for keeping a travel journal. Now, you're a media lady. You work in PR. You know about the power of the written word. And you decided and told me when we were booking this, I didn't know this about you before, though we've known each other a while, that a travel journal is a way of keeping the memories alive. And you've made something of a personal art form out of it. <laughs> 
Well, um, I guess I guess you can say yes, you can say that. Um, so, from our first uh, road trip that we took, I call it my my epic road trip in 2015. When I was looking, going through my journals, I actually had three journals. If you know those composition notebooks that you can just buy at like any convenience store, um, yes, you know Walmart or something like that. Um, and so I had three journals that were full, front to back, and then I had a fourth one that I noticed when I'm flipping through was just notes that I took. So when we were, you know, approaching a city, um, you know, I do have to say real quick, my husband does all of the driving. I've, okay. I, I mean, You're the I navigator. Have a drive- <laughs> I have a driver's <laughs> license. I know how to drive. But he refused to let me drive because he did not want to do any of the journaling, any of the postcard writing, any of the Facebook posting. So it was a trade-off. He did all the driving, and then I did everything else. But uh, keeping a travel journal is very, very vital in helping you remember everything that you saw and all the, uh, the routes that you took and the points of interest that you visited. Uh, because even with, you know, now that all of the um, pictures that you take are all digital, you know, um, I still haven't printed up any of the pictures that I took from any of my road trips. They're all saved on my computer. They're saved on my hard drive. I mean, I have all of them, but I haven't printed them up. You know, back 20 years ago, you didn't have a choice. You had to print your pictures. Right. Um, but now with, the, you know, now, you know, with modern times and whatnot, it's very helpful for me. You know, it was very helpful for me to prepare for this show by going back and reading my journals and saying, oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that. And, oh, yeah, that's right. We took this scenic byway and how great it was to get off the main road. Um, and so it just really sparks your memory about all the awesomeness that you saw on your road trip. I love how a journal can trigger memories because all yeah. of a sudden you're seeing it, so to speak, in technicolor all over again, as if for the first time. Yes, exactly. That's exactly, exactly, exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So when you were there, Julia, you and your husband, you're in Texas, you go to San Antonio and Austin. Did you get to see any of the Alamo or the San Antonio Riverwalk? Oh, my gosh, of course, because that is like the number one attraction, the Alamo in San Antonio. And actually, I did some research and the Alamo is the number one attraction in the entire state of Texas. Oh, wow. So that was. So that was, I mean, so when we were driving east, that was the main destination, was the the first main destination was San Antonio, because we wanted, you know, we wanted to see the Alamo because it's such, you know, an iconic um, landmark in not just in Texas, but, you know, in our our entire uh, country. So that was, um, so that was, that was me. Um, And, you know, my husband and I aren't uh, history buffs. Um, and the Alamo is a museum as well as just being a, um, like, a, it's, well, it, the Alamo is a historic uh, Spanish mission and fortress compound um, that, you know, just a little, little history for your listeners, that was founded in the 18th century by Roman Catholic missionaries. Um, and on the compound, it's, they have a lot of lush gardens and they have a museum. Now, if your listeners have ever been to the California missions, it's very similar. 
the, the layout is very similar to what you would see if you would go to like the Cali- the California missions in Santa Barbara, Santa Clara, even San Diego. They um, do have their own style, don't they? I, I've been yes. to a few of the missions, notably San Juan Capistrano. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, and I, I do want to point out that, you know, when you're traveling with someone, you really have to compromise on your kind of traveling behavior. So I say that because my husband likes to go really fast through museums. He does like a once-over. He, <laughs> he soaks it all in. Yeah. And But I'm the type of person that I want to go slower, and I like to read about each item on display. Um, so I had, to, I had to compromise my, my kind of museum viewing behavior because he wanted to go really fast. Um, so I, I didn't spend as much time in the museum as I wanted to, uh, but it was a very neat experience nonetheless. That is so interesting, Julia. You and me and your husband should meet my fiance because they would match up. I like to linger. I want to read all those panels. I want to look at the uniforms. I want to go out. I want to touch the walls if I'm allowed to really yes, soak right? that in. Yes. And to I like to be methodical about that kind of thing. Whereas Suzanne, they're like your husband. They're they want to get through it. They want to see it all and they just let it register and they move on most of the time. Yes, yes, I know. And I've had, I have a number of stories <laughs> of, of, of that <laughs> happening to us across the country. Um, so, uh, so you know, the Alamo, you know, we were able to take our picture in front of, you know, the, the iconic fort uh, right there. And then um, we just kind of moseyed on, you know, to kind of continue with our trip. So we only really spent like maybe two hours at the Alamo. But I, oh, I know see. if your listeners are you know, history buffs, they really enjoy, you know, visiting these type of places of interest, and they enjoy going to museums, I would allow, uh, I would allow at least three hours to really, you know, soak it all in and go to the, um, you know, gift, gift shop and buy some souvenirs and whatnot. Um, That's because, a for sure. You know, the, yeah, the river walk, the river walk is something that you can, you know, um, go a little more quickly through. Um, because, you know, the, the River Rock area is, um, it's, you know, the, the touristy, the, the, second, <laughs> the second largest tourist attraction in uh, the city of uh, San Antonio, and it's just full of shops and restaurants. Um, it also has a city park, and it's a network of walkways along the banks of the San Antonio River. Now, what's actually cool about, what I thought was cool about the River Rock area is that it's situated one story beneath the main street. So the juxtaposition is, is unique because it's below. So that, that's, that, I mean, I've never really experienced anything like that before because it's normally all on the same level, but the Riverwalk is just a little bit below. Um, I will have to check that out myself. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Oh, yeah. That would be, in the river there, it's, how about the banks of it? Is there a nice, uh, I imagine, a footpath, a, a walking yes, bridge where people a, stop yes, taking pictures? there is a foot- Mm-hmm. There is a footpath and it has a railing, so if you don't have to worry about, you know, your kids, you're walking with your children and whatnot, you know, jump, jumping over, there is a railing. Um, but it's just very, you know, it's, um, it's, it's shaded, there's lots of trees. Um, it's, a, it's a really neat, I mean, a really neat opportunity to kind of really get a sense of, you know, San Antonio. You know, San Antonio is not a very large city, but it's located right there in the downtown area. 
and it's the you know the next best thing to do after visiting the Alamo. That sounds so inviting. It really does. Yes. And then, yes. And, uh huh. And you're there, and then you apparently showed up in Austin. How long did it take you to get? Texas is a big state, so if you're in San Antonio, did you go to Austin afterward? Did you plan to just take a day to get there? So you know what, San Antonio and Austin are not that far apart from each other. Maybe two hours, an hour and a Great. half, two hours, which wow. in Texas standard is close. Yes, yeah, next the door, right? Texas is <laughs> huge, and it takes approximately eight hours to drive to drive from you know from like Dallas to Houston, from or from like Austin to Dallas, or you know Austin to you know Houston. It takes about eight hours to drive to the major, the big major cities. But San Antonio and Austin are fairly close together. You would take, I believe, the I-35. I-35 and the I-10 are the two um, uh, freeways, interstates, that you would take to go from Austin to San Antonio. Um, While we're in that region now, Austin, I know that they are very proud of their motto, which is keep Austin weird. Did you find anything particularly weird about it? Um, you know, we got there. Um, we, we arrived in Austin. It was during the week, and it was like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So we probably weren't hitting Austin at the most weird time it could possibly be. I'm thinking probably the weekends and the evening, you know, more more Austin weirdness comes out. Um, but I thought, you know, as the, the state capital, it was a um, very clean city. I mean, you know, and I do say that because, um, you know, everyone that has never been to California is thinking, oh, my God, Los Angeles and Hollywood, they're so great. It's like, ugh, Los Angeles is kind of a dirty city. But Austin, on the other hand, is a very clean city. Um, and we didn't really get out and walk like a walkabout of the city like we did more in San Antonio. This was more of a drive-by for us. Um, but we did drive um, through, uh, let's see here, looking, looking back at my journal. Um, I, I put in the journal that it's only 90 minutes. So it only, throw, it only took us 90 minutes to drive from San Antonio to Austin. Not bad. And the, we the weird, I guess, would be the um, cool street art that they have. Mm. So they have a lot of murals painted. People on, don't think really about... Neat, neat ones. Yes, people don't think about counter-cultural types like you would see in Boulder, Colorado, Berkeley, California, and, and some other places, San Francisco itself, you know, where there's this uh, highly individualized kind of lifestyle and people understand this and it's accepted. Apparently in Texas as well, if you're going to go and be quote-unquote weird, Austin is the place to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I think one of their most iconic uh, street art or uh, street murals is the one that looks like a postcard that says, Greetings from Austin. And mm. so that was the one that I made a point to find and take a picture, take a picture in front of. Uh, so that one, if your listeners are interested or ever in the Austin area, it's located at 1720 South 1st Street. So 1720 South 1st Street in Austin is where Greetings from Austin postcard mural is located which i think is excellent 
which, which I, I'm almost positive is their number one mural that people like to go and take pictures in front of. Oh, I'm quite sure. <laughs> well, that, that would be a lot of fun when you're down Texas way. But let's zip back. Uh, let's, let's go up to the Pacific Northwest. Before we are a podcast, we are a broadcast from KKNW in Seattle. <laughs> okay. there, and I wanted to ask you, Julia, about the, what an inspired idea this was. I'm telling you to go to the hot pools all across the Pacific Northwest, also British Columbia and Colorado as well. So you were following a map of our country's thermal hot springs. Is that how it worked? Well, you know, kind of. I want to say my, that that was my husband's idea. And so as we were driving north from San Diego, uh, he would just Google, you know, where's the closest hot spring. And then we would just take it from there. And we went to both natural ones that were, weren't, um, you know, cemented off into actual pools that were just there in nature. Uh, and then we also went to more um, kind of, I guess, commercialized areas where they actually have, you know, they companies came in and they cemented uh, the, the pools and they actually made, you know, to where it looks like a normal swimming pool, but it's actually a hot spring. That would be amazing. Yes. Yes, we've we've uh, been we've been to quite a few of those, and um, it's I a actually, specialty. When I was looking through, I pulled. Oh, here we go. Um, it was called the best one we went to was called Lava Hot Springs, and it's actually in Idaho. Okay. They're open year round. Lava Hot Springs. They had many different types of pools, ranging in temperatures from you know, 90 degrees all the way up to 120 degrees. Oh, my. Uh, the 120-degree ones are, whoo, I mean, they are they are quite hot, so you're not really supposed to spend very much time in there. Uh, Did you actually health. take a dip in there? Julia, you actually, 120 degrees, you went yes, in there? Yes, you kind of just go, that's what it, it is, a dip. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it is, a dip. You, like, kind of put your, put your foot in there. You maybe go up to your knee, but, and then when you just start sweating, you know, you're getting really hot, and it's hot outside. It's it's time to get out. But you know, you're there. You know, I want to do it, right? Birds. <laughs> not that often that my husband and I are in Idaho. Uh, but no, that was a no. very um, that was a a very um, well put together hot spring. Yes, from um, San Diego more to family, more of a family from, affair. From San Diego to Idaho, you're you're definitely getting a change of pace there. That's for sure. Change of mm -hmm. topography. I did want to ask you, just for a couple of minutes, if you can summarize, how did you like going up to the San Juan Islands in Washington State? Oh, my gosh. So incredible. What an incredible experience. Uh, because the San Juans are just full of rural landscapes and wildlife. And, you know, it's, the, it's that, that group of islands, three distinct islands in, the, in uh, northern Washington. And it was, I mean breathtaking, amazing, because, you know, in San Diego, such a different landscape in San Diego. You know, it's sunny San Diego. You know, we don't really have that many seasons, and it's not very green here. But then when you go up to the Pacific Northwest with all the, the, the you know, the redwoods and the green trees and the, just the incredible landscaping, um, it was unbelievable. We uh, One of the islands, um, Orcas Island, we actually saw orca whales. Um, not for very long, but I saw an, we saw an orca whale like jump out of the water, and then we saw uh, like the family of that orca that jumped out of the wa water in the far distance. 
Oh, so the that pod. That's amazing. A, a pod, exactly. So that was that was a highlight, a super big highlight. And the um, the San Juan Islands solidified my love of ferries, going on ferries. They the have ferries a great ferry awesome. system. Yep, in, you just drive Washington your car State. right on the ferry, yep. and then the seat, they have vast amounts of seating arrangements. And one of the seating options had a, um, a table that was full of puzzles. So, you know, visitors would jump on the ferry, complete a portion of the puzzle, and then get off, and then the next person would come and, and try to finish it, which I thought was fun. <laughs> yeah, so fun, just do something. Just do something old-fashioned like read a newspaper, take the time to do it, enjoy the crossing, and take pictures. That's for sure. Uh, uh, Julia, I did want to ask you here in the last couple of minutes, if people want to get on a road trip and maintain a journal, is this something rather like keeping a diary? Do you put the date there? Okay, today we made it to Austin. I mean, how did you first arrange it? Yes. Um, you know, when we, when, when we did our first road trip in 2015, I was very meticulous with my details. Because not only was I journaling it for my own for my own purpose, but I was also uh, posting everything that I wrote on Facebook with pictures, um, so that, you know my friends and my family could you know follow along in our journey. So my journaling is yes, like a diary. You want to put the date. Um, you definitely put the date, and then you just try to you know write down as much as you remember from the day. So what I would do is I would do it in the evening. And then I would look at the pictures from my phone that I would take to, you know, remind myself, oh, yeah, we went there, and oh, yeah, we saw that. Um, and you just try to be as detailed as possible. As um, we kind of progressed in our road trip, so the, in 2017 is when we went to the San Juan Islands, and I noticed that my uh, notes were not as meticulous as they were in 2015, um, but I still kind of just made more of notes like bullet points, you know, we went to, you know, the Lopez Island, this is what we saw, dink, 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 you know, we went to Orcas Island, these are the main points of interest, but didn't really describe them in as much detail as I did back in 2015. But it's still good nonetheless, because if I didn't have these notes, they would, would have been very difficult for me to prepare for this interview with you. Right. Or just when you want to, you can go into the journals, you have a record of your travels, and that's a very precious thing. Well, Julia, yeah. I can't thank you enough. I hope that we meet up in person, and I'd love to talk to you again as you continue your travels. I love that you're such a road tripper, you and your husband. You have plenty more stories to share, and maybe on another edition of Trip Talk, we'll hear more of them. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me on. A real pleasure, Julia, and good luck, uh, continuing good luck and good fortune in your public relations career. Julia Brown, when she's not doing PR, she's hitting the open road. I envy her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, once again, the time goes so fast on this broadcast podcast. Thanks for listening to Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rapp, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.